Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to episode 40 of Fair the Burn, where we drink our own urine. Jenna's urine is darker. I'm your, co- <laughs> I'm your co-host today, Chandler Fair. Oh, I'm Jenna. Uh, <laughs> and I'm your co-host, Cougar. So what's up, everybody? This is uh, episode 40, and we made it, man. We're here. This is so We're crazy here. to think that we are 40 episodes deep. I am here with the two people that helped start Fair the Burn together. Um, yeah. The man who I reached out to, who was already producing content, uh, who I kind of saw that I could add a little bit more flavor to, and the woman who allowed us to do it all in her home. So you just give a round of applause to ourselves real quick. Mostly to pat Jenna. Jenna will pat herself on the back. There we go. Uh, yeah, guys. So before we get into this, we'll talk about all sorts of things. We're going to talk about a series that Cougar and I put together over the last week, consisting of over 12 episodes that we you will see Ooh. in the upcoming weeks. But before we get into that, I just kind of want to make a push. And I want to ma- I want to be very clear um, as I do this. I hate when people ask for money at all. I hate when people ask and just put up, what are those things called? GoFundMes? Yeah. Right? Yep. And they just say, hey, I want to do this. Give me this money, and I'm not going to provide any value for you. Mm-hmm. This podcast has a Patreon. It's patreon.com forward slash fair the burn. And in three days, I'm going to be moving to Pocatello, Idaho to go back to school to go study. And I just kind of want to put this message out there that if you love me, if you want to support me, if you want to help me be the best version of me, for only $5 a month, you can actually really seriously help my life if I have enough people come together. Over the course of a year, that only amounts to about $60. Um, that's about the price of a Theragun, if you're interested in that. Oh. It's about the price of a UFC event, if you're a UFC watcher and lover. Price of a 2K? Game. 2K. 11 Subway sandwiches. Ah. And I'm going to try to... not very many. It's not bad. You know, you could afford it. Yeah, you can afford it. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. But what I'm saying is I'm trying to bring you more value than that, ah. than just these 11 Subway sandwiches with your $60 in one year, $5 a month um, at patreon.com forward slash fair the burn. I'm going to be starting all sorts of new stuff as you guys are getting these pre-recorded episodes in the upcoming weeks. And we'll kind of talk about that project during this episode as well, um, just to kind of introduce it with me and Cougar. But I'm going to be doing up-to-date content, blog posts, poetry posts. I'm going to be putting out... Um, poetry poetry like prompts so that i can hear from you guys forum posts so i can get your thoughts essentially what i want to do is create a community of free and open thinkers and a new social media where instead of going to facebook instead of going to instagram for all of your stuff you can come to this community together and we can all join in together in conversation that's actually productive and is going to help your everyday life so if you want to help me i would really appreciate it um for only five dollars a month at patreon.com forward slash F-E-H-R, The Burn. You're going to be a busy man. I'm going to try, man. I'm full-time in school. I'm going to try to make content full-time. Probably not going to happen. I'm, I'm trying to manifest and pray about it, making it making it that way. I'm, trying, I'm sure I'm going to have to work full-time, but, man, I'm really trying to bring value towards other people who listen to our podcast and really try to start cultivating this group. Like, I really feel like God's been putting it on my heart to... My heart to uh, create create some sort of a church out in pocatello like a house church where people just gather on sundays um for any period of time and we really do what we what we do in our upcoming episodes 
of Fair the Burn, um, and we dive deep into the Bible and in Scripture and in what we think and why we think it. So, yeah, man, I'm really just trying to provide some value, and if people want to help, then I uh, would be super appreciative. That's amazing, man. Um, I'm excited for you. So you're you're headed over there. You're you're going back to school. I am. So that's a pretty big thing. We have a college graduate here, a college dropout right here, and now a current college student. How does it feel? And I'm I'm wondering genuinely for myself is like, how does it feel going back for after being gone? Dude, it's so nerve wracking. Yeah, it's I bet, so dude. scary. <laughs> um, I'm excited to like go and really be on the grind and be on the hustle and whatnot, but. I'm going back into an environment where I'm going to be a lot older than a lot of people. And since I've been out, like I'm fairly young in the world, Mm -hmm. but as far as college goes, like I'm going to come back as kind of like the old guy and into an environment of people who, I mean, I don't want to diss people before I get there and I don't really mean to diss people at all, but like in the community that I'm going to have to exist in inside of Pocatello, I'm sure that I have said things in the past to certain people or on this podcast that might not agree ideologically. I like right, with the right. ideology of people I'm gonna be around, so that just makes it nerve wracking. Um, but I mean, I'm I'm grown more, yeah. and I feel like I'm more capable of kind of handling stuff. And you know, if people want to say I'm one certain way, it's like, well, then you probably don't know me. Mm-hmm. You know, it's 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 just interesting going back to a place where you already are gonna have a reputation. That's the scariest. Thing. Oh, right. Like the work and all of the lifestyle changes. That's gonna be tough. But the thing I'm most nervous about is the fact that I already have history there. Can I ask you a question? Yeah. What do you think would be worse or more nerve wracking is going somewhere and being so brand new that you don't know anyone or going in with reputation? Definitely brand new. I feel like because like at our, with, with a reputation that also comes with the fact that I have people there, right? Like I've already been able to kind of hit up some friends there and whatnot and kind of divvy out like, Hey, I'd like to spend time with you. Where can you help me out with like moving and stuff? So I feel like to go and be somewhere brand new, while, yeah, you would get that fresh start, you would also have nobody. And that's the yeah. hardest thing, right? Like, in, in real life, and Cougar and I talked about this pretty recently, like, it's so hard to make friends as, as an, an adult. adult. Yeah. Yeah. So tough. Do you, um, when you went to Idaho State the first time, like, out of high school, did you have, like, friends that you knew there already or that, that you went with? Bro, let me tell you this. I went to Centennial High School in Boise, Idaho. And Centennial essentially became a theater program for Idaho State University Theater. Like, all of the kids from our high school who wanted to, like, do theater were essentially, like, my group was, like, we're going to ISU. And then we went back and recruited, and they were, like, a a minor league team feeding into our major league, like, university. Yeah, so I knew a lot of people, like, from, even when I started going there, people who I went to high school with before who like ended up going there that I was seeing around there. Wow. Did you like that? <sighs> or would you That's have preferred tough. like, cause it, you know, That's going tough. in, not knowing anybody at 18. Yeah. And you're like in the dorms and whatever is different than like going now. Ah, dude. Yeah. I know what you're saying. It's so hard to say because like you have friendships who you were super close with during the beginning of your time there. And then some bullshit happens. And then all of a sudden you're not friends anymore. And you're like, man, I used to hang out with you since I was a freshman in high school. Yeah. And now we're freshmen in college. And because you got involved in this and I got involved in this, like, and because of some bullshit that happened, like not even just like we parted ways, but like, because we're still involved in the same shit, but you're getting involved in two sides of the same shit. Like now we're not friends anymore. Right. So 
uh what was your original question i'm sorry like did you like going in knowing people it was more comfortable it was more comfortable but looking back i think that it's it's sad to see how long my friendships were and how they ended because i mean you did the same thing right like you had a group that you knew kind of go yeah. with you well and that's like from my high school that's a lot of kids and there's not very many kids that go there so a lot of kids went there um and i lived with a lot of my friends but there wasn't like a because how many was in your like theater group that want that all planned to do that and went together how many like was we're it? from my high school yeah that you knew i think like there was five or six of us that's pretty good that's a pretty solid that's a pretty good group, group. yeah it yeah. really is because so that's i mean that's i had about five friends five six yeah. friends that, did you feel like that was the better of I the would, possibilities i would say it was more comfortable in the beginning than as time went on and we yeah. had to have we had to have start having like adult relationships and make adult decisions that just it's strange relationships and nobody knows how to act yet and we're all learning and it will put a lot of strain on different relationships and it affects them like you know and that's and so then the friends that you have through experiences like that those are your really good friends because you made it through some shit you know like and that's but as you go through those relationships get strained and you lose some you do lose you lose some friends that was a really good friend just like you said from freshman year from you know from a very long like maybe childhood i have a friend from childhood that's just like damn man like the way i was and the way i allowed things to be when i was that age i would not do this i would not do that again and i think that cost me a relationship of a really good person you know what i'm saying so that's on me but it you're when you move in with your best friend when you move in with someone in a very intimate way and you see them all the time you're either gonna have a great relationship or it's gonna so you know over time it's just scary you know yeah i feel like that is like what you did was a different level like uh when i went to college i had friends right mm -hmm. but mm -hmm. they weren't necessarily like my boys like right. the difference between me and like Coog, like I feel like Coog, you really lived like with your boys from high school. It wasn't like yeah, we were friends. Like me and my group were friends, but we weren't like homie homies that moved in together. That right. is like a, yeah, to me true. seems like a totally different level. It, it, that was a huge level, um, because again, these, these are very important relationships that you have that you then make it very intense where you're seeing each other morning and night, morning and night, morning and night. And it wasn't, yeah, it wasn't just like, oh, I, I, I know you from my school and we kind of, we played basketball together or something. It was like, yeah, these are, it was like the friend group all moved in and yeah, so it was, but it was tough. What, what did you think about it? What did you think with your experience? Oh, well, I want to talk about your house real quick that you and all of your friends lived in, <laughs> in sophomore year of college. Um, that the reason that I know Cougar is because it was an apartment. And the reason I know you is because one of my really good friends who I met in college ended up living with you Happened guys. Happened to just be thrown into our apartment because we had one open room. Yep. Was that, did you live there both your freshman and sophomore year? Yes. Yep. Shout out Jay. Shout out Jay, baby. Um, That's why we're here. The, was it the same apartment both years? <sighs> yes. Okay. I lived in a separate apartment the first summer and then moved in and then was there. Yeah, for the whole time. And it was the greatest hang of <laughs> all time. That's so dude. funny. I would walk in into the living room. There's always it. 16 people. Like, there's no less. It looked no like less. a homeless shelter. <laughs> it looked like a homeless shelter. Yeah. Like, well, I came in one time, 
and there were like two random people <laughs> sleeping on a futon that I didn't even see. And I was like, I know you don't live here. I got not and one of them was my teammate. And I was like, oh, what yeah, are I you doing here? We, and she was like, can I have a ride? And I was like, um, yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, my my one friend said that he came out of his room and came around the corner. And there were there were two people who he didn't know eating and who didn't live there eating at the <laughs> table. And then there were two people asleep on the couch, two people asleep on the futon, and then two people sleeping on the, or one was watching TV and then the other one was like laying next to him. And he was just like, what the, who the fuck are you people? Who are you? But we just had some people come in and stay for a little while. And we always had a lot of people in there. Visitors. And just to show that my statement <laughs> wasn't hyperbolic, that's literally 10 people that Cougar said was in his living room that the person didn't know. <laughs> yeah, and the dude. guy who walked in made 11. Yeah, Five more yeah. away, that's 16. <laughs> there were no less than 16 yeah. people every time I walked in. That's dude. so funny. Um, and there's always oh. like 90 in the bathroom. So yeah, yep. that's funny. Uh, yeah, that's, I thought you were going to honestly say when you said grr, I thought you were going to say the grossest because we would only, we stopped, we had a big pile of dishes in our sink that everyone just kind of gave up on cleaning. And then we'd only use paper plates and paper bowls. And we just had garbage stacked in, I mean, we had bags. I mean, we had fucking bags, dude, just sitting there. Cause no one wanted to take the garbage out, yeah, but we take it out and. Yeah, it was bad. So when you know, like a girl wasn't like a there were like no, a permanent resident. There were no girls around. I mean, there were some girls around, but they would it wasn't just they would stick to the somewhat cleaner areas, yeah, and those weren't even cool. very clean. I like don't they know. stick to the clean areas, like the futon. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know, <laughs> one place in your house. I oh, can't imagine, dude. Ju- Justin's such like an organized guy. I can't even imagine like what was going through his head when. Holy shit! Yeah, I never even thought about that. Cause shout out Jay, cause he never i and again i'm more aware nowadays so jay let me know but he was very like he i feel like he was very chilling he was never like yeah and i hope we never took it over the line too many times because we're just crazy we're, we were dumb as fuck sometimes gross. and we weren't even that crazy comparatively to a lot of people but we but it was pretty, were gross. pretty fucking gross and stupid pretty gross. yeah 100 yeah. yeah. percent. i saw it like once or twice like yeah. it was not good not good but uh jay made it through he saw the light in us, but <laughs> there was a lot of garbage around it. You know what I'm Bro, saying? Bro, he definitely saw the light in you. I remember I remember Jay talking about you super early. Like when oh, he really? Was, yeah, dude. When he was like, I'm living with all these... Just savages, goons, bro. <laughs> just goons from this small ass town in Arco. I was like, "What the fuck is an Arco?" And he was, he was like, "Yeah, man, they all live there." And he's like, "But listen, man." And he would tell me about Garrett, and he was like, "We live with Goliath, man, but he doesn't live there. He's also eighteen or nineteen. I don't know how it works. He's jumping out of windows." But he would tell me about you because, like, you were going through a separate relationship at that time that was really kind of fucking you up. Oh yeah. And you opened up to Jay about it one night, and Justin was like, "But like, Cougar's like a really." great guy man like he's like really Damn. sweet and really has like a good heart shout out um, and i remember when i went over super early dude and we were hanging out and, and dude this is when i went cougar and we have to be friends bro <laughs> because you're sitting on the toilet with shades on there's like eight people in the bathroom with a speaker and you go this is for all my lovers out there <laughs> and, and you just hear dun, dun, like the beginning of same drugs by chance playing yeah. and i was like I fuck with this guy. <laughs> I fuck with this guy hard. Oh my gosh. What a funny era of you, because that's so 
I mean, it's like because you're so antisocial now yeah. that it's like you being in the middle of like a group of people in the bathroom. I can't even like announcing, fathom. just saying shit, and yeah. And then like, Justin's like, "Come out, come out here!" And then he's like, "Who wants to tell you about DMT?" And he's like, "Listen, man, I'm separating paint thinner. We're doing this. It's this white substance." And I'm like, "Yo, so are you studying biology?" He's like, "Not nah, journalism." And I'm journalism, like, "I don't feel like you're Whoa. in the right yeah. field, bro." Like, yeah. That's so funny. Well, can I just say for the friends or going to college, I was the exact opposite. Of yeah, I was going to ask. I yeah. knew nobody. Wow. No one. Damn. But it, it was nice, though, because I can understand going somewhere with a reputation from the past when you're 18 or even mm-hmm. now. It would be tough because I just decided I was going to be a little bit different. And that was no one knew the wiser. Did you feel some sort of security because you were getting recruited? So it's kind of like, to me, I would look at it kind of like you maybe have like a built-in friend? sort of friend, friend yeah. group. Well, 100%. We always used to look at each other and be like, well, you're forced to be my friend for pure amounts of hours. We have to be together. Um, but we generally liked each other. But yeah, it was nice because, and that I think that's what brought some of like the athlete groups together is that none of us were from anywhere near there and like mm. had no friends prior there so we all kind of kind of hunted and acknowledged that yeah you guys are yeah. all kind of like in similar boats in that case yeah there were a couple that weren't well, a couple that were athletes that were from like the boise area so they knew some people mm. that had come um and it was definitely like oh you have a friend outside of this this is yeah <laughs> here like why <laughs> like what, what are you doing you're like that's super fascinating how did you meet them yeah wow at the lunch hall when you were eating alone like oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah but that's yeah, awesome. it was just different yeah so i i had always wondered like because i thought about how bummed i was when i was 18 not going to college with my friends um but it, i i can see now like it is kind of nice to go somewhere and be like well, I did. I was like this in high school, but like, you can start. I don't new. have to be like it right now, and yeah. so it's like. And you're not held to your former self. You can kind of grow, but yeah. if you follow the same people, you'll just kind of act the same way. You know, like totally. You, yeah, and not, kind of that's not necessarily it. a bad thing. It can go either way. There's always bo- like both sides, but like, th- that's cool. That's cool that. It's just different. They I got think to experience that. That's fairly unique, but it wasn't like I went somewhere new and didn't have anyone built in because right like, the freshmen alone like okay well we're all coming here brand new from all corners of the fucking like world and we don't we don't know anyone and that's cool yeah and so it's like well i guess we're friends <laughs> so. I, th- I think that's really fascinating because i almost did that um i almost went to a different school like out in washington Mm-hmm. Um, and with theater programs, it's very similar where it's like, even if you don't know anybody coming in, just because of the amount of time that you have to spend at the facility, like, it's just, you're going to be friends. And you're, yeah. you genuinely like those people, too. Yeah. But I think that this is interesting because Coog and I both had support systems coming into college and neither one ended up ended up finishing. Mm. And you didn't necessarily have that coming in. Mm-hmm. Um Yep. So it's almost like, and I, and you know, it could be based off of like personality types as opposed to like having friends and whatnot, but it's almost like if we come in with some sort of status, then we kind of like think that we're in some sort of place where I feel like if you come in as a freshman, not knowing anybody, mm-hmm. you're like, I have to build from here. Right. You have to right. garner something. Right. You have and to, uh, yeah. Yeah. And I mean, to start like making friends, you'd ask where they were from. And if it was somewhere far away, you could probably assume they were 
alone. So yeah. you're like, yeah. okay, so yeah. do you want to do this with me? Because otherwise we do stuff alone. So should we do it together or what? Yeah, right. And so that's kind of how that, that went. But well, and you're, you're taking a support system that is a high school relationship and then expecting it to support you in college. And those are two different things. And when you're created, that is a support system that supports you in college. Mm, You're not relying on a support system that got you through high school because it's different. It really is different. Right. Well, and I think part of, you know, the support system to like go through is that we were all on the same path as well. Mm -hmm. So it's not like, oh, I made these random friends that were into theater, into mountain biking, kind of into different things. We're like, oh, okay, we're all here to play sports, and that's what we're we're going to do. And so it was kind of yeah. nice to build that community because, like, my friends from high school were doing such different stuff during their, like, college days. Where I was like, oh, no, I was doing this, this, and this. But I was like, but so was everyone I was hanging out with. Yeah. So it was like, oh, yeah. it, it didn't feel different but it like kept you on a path like it really is yeah right and if you want to know more about how crazy jenna's schedule was back in college you can check out i think it's episode five that you're on crazy yeah um so long but it was so crazy and you can hear us talking about jenna's days playing college ball and punching five-year-olds oh yeah yeah. i remember that yeah yeah it's a good episode that that was like one of the funnest like quote-unquote segments i think that we've had on this podcast so far just that talk was so so funny yeah been going a long time 35 uh, episodes from, from like this time one? time wise how long ago was that uh from our episode or from the first one well because it was around the same time period so either about uh it was around april 2021 is when we started this that one Damn. was probably in may it's probably just the next month nice yeah so just over a year mm-hmm. that's pretty crazy about a year and wow. a half and we're still not popping like some people are popping on the internet today mm-hmm. some people i feel like they put out bits of content and suddenly they're fucking everywhere now it is said that it takes 10 years to become an overnight sensation and some people do work for that but other people set up bullshit ass universities called hustlers universities and get a bunch of minions to pay them money because they're jacked and they get them to make clips for them sounds like a pretty decent strategy if i was trying to get myself around the get the word of me around and it sounds like a top g move to be honest top g bro i would say i agree with that i'd agree with that so are you a top g (laughs) i know you're top g dude i mean in what facet are we talking about right oh life hustling university and you know what i'm saying all that i think you're a top g you are part you are part of hustlers university right hey man because if you haven't, you need to, and you should send your money there. And I've been trying to get all my friends. I have an affiliate link that I can make money through. Link. Oh, my gosh. Wait. That's like a, a pyramid. <laughs> pyramid scheme. What's it? Uh, multi-level marketing. Uh, that's what that shit is. Uh, that's what that shit is. Uh, I don't know, dude. I think I'm probably mid. Uh, if we're going to talk about being You're a top mid-G? G. I'm probably mid-G. Mid-G. People use that word now, mid so i'm probably a mid g well bro that could be an offensive term here's question (laughs) i don't know what you just said a mid g a mid g (laughs) (laughs) oh no dude we'll have to we'll have to no dude (laughs) 
What's that? What's Meep that show? Midget. Little people, big family, or whatever. Little people, big world. Dude, I think. they're all midgets. <laughs> yeah, they are. That's Midgy, wild, baby. bro. <laughs> That's wild. Um, so you consider yourself a mid G rather than a top G? Yeah, I I'm just saying, like, you know, clearly we're we're talking about the one and only top G, Andrew Tate, is who we're referencing. Uh, I I just don't. I think on their perspective, I'm not a top G. Mm. So if we're gonna talk about like what top G really means, like I, I don't have Bugattis and I don't smoke cigars <laughs> and right. I don't do all these things. You know what I mean? I don't have all the money and all the ladies. I just am me doing my own thing, so I'm I'm probably I'm a less what do they call it high value man? That's how they refer to him. High value yes. male. Yeah. Um, also a brokey. Is, I'm is, also a brokey as I'm, well. I'm That's definitely what, a brokey. Because um, he said anyone with a penny less than him is a brokey. I <laughs> I don't mind him. <laughs> I'm gonna say it right here. I, I don't mean, mind li- his ass. I mean, listen, Jenna. This <laughs> we, we I don't mind his ass. Come to blows on this. I, I I I agree. I mean, I think that he is definitely an extremist in areas, and we'll talk about that. But I think when you look at Andrew Tate, there's a reason that his content's doing well, and I think yes. he's he's a charming dude. And I do think that he comes from a place of truth, which is why it works. Mm-hmm. And obviously, he's being very controversial. Mm-hmm. Now he gets into other shit where you start going, I don't know if that really all correlates and applies. <laughs> yep. Um, but I I i think if i met him in real life if he didn't fucking hate me i'd probably want to hang out with him mm-hmm. and that's real talk mm-hmm. what do you think jenna what, yeah, what have you seen about him I, coming from a girl's I've just side seen clip it's right and like clip it's making fun of him kind of because like from my understanding his framework of like an ideal is or i just saw this clip where he's talking about how younger girls with less experience essentially are easier to make them do the things he wants, like manipulate them kind of. And I saw this real hilarious like reaction where he's like, so you go for people with less life experience. So they like don't know what to do. Right. And they're like, in terms of accuracy, 1000% accurate as someone who (laughs) teaches 14 to 18 year olds, I was telling Kud this earlier. On a low level, as teachers, you kind of have to manipulate those kids a little bit. Like, to have you sit there and listen to me for an hour, I kind of have to, like, mind game you up a little bit. So it's easy. And so I'm like, oh, I could see on a mass scale, especially with women and the security of money, how that would work. But I just think he's, like, such an extremist. I'm so adverse to extremists on any area right but i'm just like mm. yeah i feel that i and i see that I, I i respect it as well i know? will say that people are like oh this is a brand new way of thinking i think like the what's the i always forget his name the playboy bunny guy Hugh, Hugh Hefner. Hefner. Hugh Hefner. Of course we know his name. There are Hugh Hefners of the world. That's what Hugh Hefner knew. Mm-hmm. If these girls had left li- less life experience, less like resources, like money, and less like experience overall. Absolutely. That they were going to be way easier to get to do the things he wants them to do. And so like, I don't think it's a novel way of thinking. I think. True. Big baller like high profile kind of grimy guys have been doing this for 
a long time. I yeah. I also like get a weird feeling when I listen to his stuff because I'm like I would also imagine this is how like the people who have a hand in like human and sex trafficking kind of think. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that is something that he's gotten accused of before in the past. Yes. Yeah, it's there's a like a like a too much of a like a translation or like a transfer. Right. Yep. So, so what I've what I've kind of heard, um, and I've I've do- dove into a little bit more of like hearing him on like podcasts, and I just listen to a lot of podcasts all the way through, so I try to get like a more overall feel for everything. Is that did you help? did you just say that you listen to his podcast like listen to him on podcasts for a long period of time? That was the LGBTQ uh, people knocking right there. The the allies ah! and extremists on that side. <laughs> The door's locked. It's all good. Coming to gun meat. Well, it's good because we have guns in here, so uh, there's actually zero guns in here. Oh, I was like, damn. But, <laughs> but if this was Andrew's Tate's house, there'd be 15 armed there, guards yes. outside ready to gun And there'd be 30 guards. guns everywhere in this room. Uh, I I think from what I understand, and Jen, I'm interested in your, uh, your position on this. From what I understand, they're talking about when Andrew Tate and the Fresh and Fit podcast is like a podcast that's out of Miami. And there are these two dudes, Fresh and Fit, who like they try to break down um, why there's a just a bunch of like really sad, lonely guys out and why like the majority of women are having sex with the minority of men. Mm-hmm. Um, so their kind of whole point of process and like point of view is that men gain value as they get older. And that's something that women look for is is a man who's established and a man who like like it, it isn't just about sex with women it's about like what can you give me and then like their their whole thing is like the value after that is like the sex that i can give you because men try to establish themselves in order to like have sex with women and, and also to like find a woman to, to marry and have a relationship with mm-hmm. so the kind of point of view is that men gain value as they get older and that women lose value as they get older they get quote-unquote in their words more masculine because they're doing things like trying to provide the bread for the family they're trying to get educated have all these jobs in like a high-ranking position and that women when they're younger they inherently have more value so what they say is as a as a father right like just as parents that they would tell their sons to gain value and they would tell their daughters to like preserve their value interesting Mm. well and if you put here's my thing with him and why I think he's just relevant enough to be popular is that there is truth to that perspective, right? Like, and it's an inevitable truth and a societal truth that if you have that perspective makes a lot of sense. Do I think people should have that perspective? No, I agree. Because I think the Mm. perspective is that like, what are the assets that in a mono- like a monogamous not even a monogamous 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 there you go. instead of an M, but i got a you. heterosexual I got you. so like a man and a woman right what assets do you each hold and it's like okay well when you put yourself in that mi- like mindset men are like money power and knowledge ish all having to do with like maintaining a comfortable survival esque and when you think about women in that mindset their assets are like looks like physical attractiveness nurturing ability and like childbearing like furthering the lineage type deal beauty Mm -hmm. and femininity Mm -hmm. yeah and so 
if you were to believe those things, obviously one age is better than the other. Mm. Right. So it's like, yes, I understand that concept of, yeah, that men gain value and women lose value-ish. Right. And it's like, yeah, but that's not, that's not it all, obviously. That's like a pretty generalized statement, but it does, like, if you were to think about it logically from that perspective, it it has, like, logic to it. Yeah. Right. And yeah. even though, like, it shouldn't be like that, and we all probably uh, mutually agreed that we feel like that shouldn't be the case, yeah. that doesn't mean that it's not. Right. You know what I mean? So mm. I actually, I agree where it's, like, a lot of what they say, and not even a lot of it, but, like, there are times when I think things will get crossed over the line. Like, Andrew Tate has this thing where he's, you know, he thinks that the woman is the man's property, and, like, if she does any sort of, like, kind of sex work that he owns her body, so she should be able to, she should give him part of that money. Yeah. That's that's all fucked, yeah. right? But like the to me, like what they're trying to do is they're trying to say, hey, all of you lonely ass dudes who are so like invisible to the majority of women that you're trying to hook up with, this is why. It's because mm-hmm. you're not trying to be a top G. Because if right. in quote unquote, right? Like right. if you do that, then you're going to be able to find more worth in yourself and more worth in the dating pool. Yeah. Well, and I think I mean I believe this in terms of that there are attributes or characteristics and all of them kind of have a value some have a high like a positive value some have a negative value some have a a, like exponentially higher value and some have like a small value but they all add up to whatever and the recipe for everybody's different right that's why everybody's partner is unique but there are things that like for most of the population are of higher value so like if you're an ugly looking dude, but you're a trillionaire, dude, like Jeff Bezos, you're kind of fuddly, but but you're gonna pull, yeah, absolutely, pull yeah. Elon Musk. So it's He's like, pulling. yeah, the I think there's a well, and it's the same with like knowledge or or power, even power, even like world leaders that are ugly, yeah. like are still like maintaining and yeah pulling women and it's like okay well that's and it's also like a high value to be nice but Mm. when like wealth is plus 20 kindness might be plus five you Mm. know so it's like i think you can tip the scale towards your favor if you try yeah well and one thing that i'm thinking of i have the playboy mansion in my head is that i can't think and maybe i'm wrong but of an example of a, a mansion ran by a woman with, a, with 20, 30 men, very good-looking, ripped men who are assumingly trying to attract, like, straight women. Because this is that's what the Playboy, if the Playboy thing was, like, a lesbian thing, then it wouldn't, you know what I'm saying? So I'm trying to keep it, it doesn't matter, but I'm trying to keep it, like, consistent, that that doesn't it doesn't seem to happen you're you know saying it I'm doesn't saying? work when like a woman is trying to pull a bunch of dudes it just doesn't yeah it just doesn't seem like that is a thing that just happens it not necessarily that it can't but like i've just never seen like if if there was a magazine where women bought and hid magazines under their bed of uh like playgirls and maybe there is a playgirl that's like a great brand that you could do i think there is i think there is a playgirl yeah, but it's not like. But is it like an a se- is it a sex house full of men where the woman comes in and says, "All right, everybody, 
it's sex time, and then she has sex with all. You well, know what I'm saying? Especially like, when and she's Hugh did that. seventy. Right. You know, like, yeah. It's just, I mean, yeah. It just because like something equivalent is like the Bachelorette. Like when mm-hmm. they're in a room with like thirty dudes, and she's dating all of them. You know, yeah. and definitely smashes all of them right. on that last date. But she's not seventy and wealthy. She's young and beautiful. Right. And it, it, none of them care about how much money she makes. That's like never uh, yeah. a question, but typically they asked every single guy, well, what do you do? Mm-hmm. And uh, the ones who are lawyers did a little nudge, nudge, wink, wink, then like working at a gas station. Absolutely. You know? So it's like. Because it's going to immediately give you power, freedom, and status over that gas station worker. But then in that lifestyle, what freedom does that take from you being a lawyer, having to do the things you got to do? studying and blah 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 on a case where it takes away from your family there's always back and forth yeah. you know but well and what issues are you going to face as a woman in you know again bringing it back to the to these people who were kind of referencing like a lot of them would say that if you're a high value man like that then you should have the ability to go and have sex with other women that you should have your main chick mm. but you should be able to go out and have sex with other women be- and this is their reason right is because women again before they're really gonna like let you into intimate moments with them you need to provide value to them you need to provide a relationship and be able to provide some sort of financially um, stability, protecting. Whereas men, sex is more of just like a physical thing. Mm-hmm. Like I do agree that that men could love a girl and have sex with her and then go and have sex with another girl and come back and feel absolutely nothing about that one girl. But the question to me comes down to should you do it? Right? Like like mm-hmm. when you're a woman, something that you might have to face is that guy who's a lawyer who's a who's a pilot and you marry him off the bachelorette that you're gonna that he's he might come up to you and be like listen you know i'm flying around all the world i might you know bring a girl home to put it to my hotel da, 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 this or that yep what are we gonna do with that right where it's like i don't know what do you think about that jenna well could i bring up a quick point that pertains to this that we were just talking about I is think that I'm gonna know what exactly we watched saying. elvis yeah. the other day and that was one of the things that happened is that there's this scene where his life is falling apart and he's like just he's very very elvis now and He's been on the road and now he's on addicted to drugs and has ha- been sneaking girls and into Doing shit. karate and shit. Yeah, 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 exactly. And so his wife like storms in and he's like, "Oh, what's wrong, baby?" Like, "Oh." And he's like, "Is it is it because I've been bringing girls here?" And she's like, "I don't give a shit about your about the girls you think you've been sneaking in." And starts like throwing the pills at him and said, "This is this is the pro- this is what's causing all the problems." But it was like, "Damn, yeah, she and how many celebrities are just like, yeah, okay, girl, like, I love you and I'm dating you, but, like, I go to shows and girls are there all the time and we go out to a party after and, like, that has to happen, whether whether well, we want it to or not, you know? And I think that happens in real life. Like, open relationships are, like, more and more common. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah. personally, it's a big no from me, but I can see how it could work and from what i understand i listened to a i listened to a few podcasts on it so i was interested i'm like dynamically logistically how does this go down Mm -hmm. and one of like uh, agreements are all different but this one in particular it was like okay well one it's no one that we know has to be like a stranger two i never asked and you never say anything about it like i don't want to know anything about it and three is like you never like keep a relationship, whether it's a friendship, 
even in acquaintance like right they were a stranger then and are still a stranger now like right. yep. you don't get yep. to like bring them around um and it has to be like pretty casual but then others are like you know you can have partners and whatever i will say on netflix <laughs> i watched this episode so i'm i watch all like the interior design shit love that okay love those like how to design a house and this series is called um how to build a sex room okay. on netflix <laughs> okay. and i was like can okay. you can you describe the host a very very cool love to be her um high value high value 60 year old english woman this old ass woman setting up playgirl right here yeah helping these young couples set up a sex room she's got a lot of knowledge is she like is she english yes fuck yeah dude i knew it yeah oh i knew it with an accent (laughs) yep it makes it seem 10 times classier then yep if right. me and you were and here we're going it. to be putting the whips for when they're having it, sex with each other exactly <laughs> but what i did not expect if you have seen this which is crazy it should be like rated r because they are demonstrating these kinks and like what the she's putting certain things in and then so they go to a live demonstration to see if this couple would be into it and i'm like Dang. This shit is allowed on Netflix. Hell yeah. But one of the clients was a group of seven people that all live in the house and all intermingled together. So, mm-hmm. like, she's like, sometimes two people will sneak off another two people, but, like, it's, like, interchangeable. They're a big relationship. Yeah. And it's, like, a, it's not, like, a traditional polygamous relationship in terms of, like, there's one man and six women it was like three girls i think four guys and they were all dating each other yep and they would just switch up partners depending on how they feel and one of their requests was like a big bed that all seven of them could be in and i was mm-hmm. like holy fuck is wild so like i'd love even- that bed what I'd love that bed. Oh, bed. <laughs> the bed, not I all the people, like, uh, but the bed. <laughs> yeah, no. Nah. We got a man. We got a lot of things to talk about. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> end this podcast. <laughs> um, but that was one of the things where, like, I guess if everyone's just in agreement, like, that's just that's a side note. I feel like that would be unsustainable simply because of how many people you're trying to manage 100 but if if the <sighs> agreement is that no two are exclusive and the idea is because their thing was like we love the idea of sharing like of being able to share mm-hmm. sharing freedom yeah. they're like i really love the idea of these two being together and like that was part of the like kink of it right and it was like i think you can do about anything if everyone's on the same page Right. Is what I'm to yeah. answer your question. I think if the agreement is understood and executed, then it it can go. So that forward. brings up Andrew Tate. Right. He's very. He tells his girl what the situation is. You yeah. can live at my house, but I will get fifty percent of your money. And they say okay. So if that's the situation, then is it all good? Because, again, if he's forcing people to do anything... Right, then it sets traffic. Right, then we're on a whole different thing. But, like, it's just like any other manipulator. Because you wouldn't do it, you know? But, like... It's it's kind of a mix between, like, 
anything that's consensual is, you know, it's like a cult. A cult. A cult is consensual. It it is Mm -hmm. kind of like a cult. Like you can be in a cult willingly and like quote unquote knowingly, but should you? I I mean, I don't. I don't relate with that, and I don't see a benefit in that. There's a side note because I don't think this will ever get out to uh, to reach my sister, but um, lover we don't see eye to eye in a lot of things. She married a guy that just like the agreement was that she'd never have to work and he would take care of her. And I'm like, that would drive me absolutely nuts. Cause like me too. it's not her money. So whenever she wants to spend it, he kind of gets the, well, and you're, say. Right. what you're and that's do- what he sorry. wants and that's what she wants. And so, well, cause what he's did. doing is he's disempowering her. So over a long period of time, all of a sudden, it's like the government, bro. Well, <laughs> all of a sudden, it's like, oh, fuck, I'm re- completely reliant on the states, mm-hmm. and I have no skills. I have no nothing because I've just been being taken care of. And yeah. so so it's say not- he wants to leave her because she becomes a low-value woman because of aging, and a, he's a high-value man, then that leaves her high and fucking dry. Mm, right. Because well, she doesn't have that anymore. And she's done that. Like, I mean, this is her pattern. And so some of those guys don't want that agreement. Like, they want more of a, like, equal partner in, in that respect. And when they kick her out of their house, I mean, she's had to live with my parents all throughout her, you know. And was she married to those guys or was she just no, kind of seeing them? Just, she was just seeing them. Just seeing them. This is only when she's married. But. Yeah. Um, does she want to be taken care of like that? Like, obviously, like, she agreed mm-hmm. to it, so that's yeah. what she's into. Yeah, 100%. And, yeah. like, my gripe with her is that she has a son and that she wanted that so badly she moved away. And I was just kind of like, because I just don't get that. I, that's not how my frame of thinking goes. But for some girls, like, being married to Hugh Hefner is worth it if I can have a shit ton of money. Yeah. But, like, I don't understand that. But, like people are like that and it's like okay well and i definitely feel like when we're talking about agreements right like that agreement to me is way better and simpler than the seven people like the agreement of like hey i'll take care of you i'll work like you don't have to worry about Mm -hmm. it just raise the family like that to me obviously it's i mean i don't want to say it's more natural it's definitely more traditional in in a lot of senses 100 percent. but it's like the agreement between the seven people to me is like there's going to be so much jealousy and so yeah. much bullshit that's involved in that. Even if everyone's like, no, we're all on the same page. We don't do it consensually. Well, you were kissing her in a way that you've never kissed me before. Yeah. Right. Yep. Like, like all of this stuff. Like, yep. I mean, you know, I don't know really anything about your guys' like personal relationship, but I'm sure that balancing two people is tough. It's, a it's lot. tough work. It right. So lot. it's like, imagine throwing in fucking five more people right. into that. And right. trying to, I think of it like survivor. Survivor is a great example where you have like seven to nine, ten people. Also, shouts ABC or AB, NBCs, ABCs. Whoever has that fucking Paramount Plus, Paramount fucking Plus terrible Survivor. ass app, terrible. Yeah, terrible app. But really, forty seasons of Survivor can't recommend enough. Hell yeah. Oh yeah, dude, Survivor's the best. Yeah, yeah. Be on Hulu. Oh yeah, big yeah. Talk. It's good. Yeah. It's good. It's good. Coach, what goes on with that is that uh, you have seven people, and it happens every time because everyone has to show up and be like, oh, hey, how's it going? And everyone's good. And then people are like, oh, God, we, I really think we have like a special tribe and everything's going to be good. 
and then someone gets a little hungry and says something someone doesn't like and then everyone hates each other for the rest of the fucking time and it's like it is so incredibly complicated to stay on the same page with two people right here you know what i'm saying it's hard it really it takes work to fucking do it and it's still like you're running it's never like oh this is easy and because yeah so and that's if seven people want to do that shit that's awesome but i see survivor type shit where it's just like yeah you've never you've never held me that way well i'll go hold him that way i'll go it it can it can get so subtle and happen so quick you know well on the same token i feel like like survivor shows you you can have an alliance of seven to five but you always have that like main line yeah, the, like in, that, the inner three yeah exactly or, yeah or the two exactly they have like, their own pack going yeah yep. yeah, yeah there's always yep. like inner working so i can only imagine Fuck. that like within the seven people are like yeah we're in this but like right because you, you just naturally main, gravitate like, yeah. yeah 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 i think that would i mean i would imagine that would be nearly inevitable especially over time but well my thought is too you know we were kind of talking about cults like you know, even though it's a consensual thing that why you're there doesn't mean you should join it. To me, it's, you know, I don't think it's a consensual thing that you're in a cult. Obviously, you agreed to it. But mm-hmm. like Charles Manson was going around scoping out people to be like, I need them. So when you're well, in that situation, how do you know that it's not just like one dude or one chick who's like, no, let's get them. Well, now let's get them. Right. Like uh, there's this big um this big podcast called Tiger Belly, which is with, do you guys know who Bobby Lee is? He's from like Mad TV back in the day. Oh, yeah. Asian guy mm-hmm. uh, he was he had his girlfriend Kalila um, and Bitch. and she they broke up recently but they were in an open relationship before she was dating Bobby she was dating another guy and like their friend was over and he was in the shower and like literally while they were having sex she said this on a podcast while she was having sex with her boyfriend she was like hey we should like invite invite him into the bedroom like while he is inside of her bro she's like we should do this and I'm not I'm, I'm gonna just be honest with you men will do anything when then they're in that state and a woman's like hey can you do this shit like men will be like absolutely so she Mm -hmm. would so she plotted that shit like that dude wasn't even remotely thinking about that wow you know what i mean like before she did it and and she was like they asked her you know did those two ever fuck or touch each other and she was like no they did it for years never once she's like i always wanted them to so again it's like her kind of mindset building this thing out of like what once was two people yeah yeah on, on just a side note of that story all I can think about is that if we were in a group of three, any three, and I was like the non-couple one, and th- they ran off and were having sets while I was just like chilling by myself, I'd be like, "Damn, Are you guys coming back?" Or like, yeah. what am I supposed? Or like, what yeah. am I supposed to do? Why am I, I not good enough? Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah. Like, you guys want to go do this, but like, yep. I'm not good enough for this in the situation. Well, and if you want to be a couple, sh- but don't invite me over. I'd right. be like, why am I, why am I here? Like, that'd be so weird. I'd be like. Well, and speaking of people who, because it's like a predator. They, well, they select prey. And that's what, when you were like, told to like, well, that he was scoping out this person, this person. That, I mean, that's exactly what Andrew Tate's doing. Yeah. Oh yeah. He is looking for like a set of characteristics that will like isn't that what we're all doing to it yeah it's true that we select features that we deem valuable in a person and then we pursue those people in a consensual manner because again if there's anything illegal no but again like 
it's really hard with a cult because you can go up to that person and say, you should leave that cult. And they'd say, well, no, why would I do that? And so that makes it, you know, like psychologically not consensual, but it, you know, and you can't take them out if they don't want to, you know what I'm saying? And that's the situation that I'm seeing people is that they're really mad over Andrew Tate and they say that's so misogynistic, but then the, the girl that he was talking about in his misogynistic thing that he set up the living situation is like, oh yeah, I love this. It's great. Like, and I understand how you guys live and I don't want to live like that. And it's like, well, and I think like what I'm thinking about is, so why is it illegal to not have a relationship with them or to have a relationship with a minor? One, they're a vulnerable population because they're easily manipulated Mm -hmm. in that sense. Mm -hmm. And that's why like people are like, well, when you're born into a cult, you're not making the decision. You're now like just in this cult that you didn't choose to be like your parents or whatnot. But this is what I think about, especially when I'm at my high school teaching is like, okay, well, you're a senior and you're 18, but you're just like these 15, 16, 17 year olds. Like there is very little difference when you turn 18, what happens. And that's my thing with Andrew Tate. He's like, well, I'm looking for the pure 18 year olds who've, you know, haven't like diminished their value or whatever through Mm -hmm. experience. It's like, okay, but like, even though it's legal, like the idea, and because how old is Andrew Tate? Do you know? 30s, 35, I want to say. 32. Because I'm 25, just turned 26. And I had like a conversation with some of my high schoolers because they were like trying to make funny jokes. And I was like, listen, that's like, I'm genuinely grossed out by that idea. Like, because there is nothing of value that someone that age could give me, even at 25 and 26. Right. Like, there's nothing desirable about that. So, well, like... But he would say that they do have something very desirable. Right. That he would deem, then it's okay. Right. But does he think that about 16 and 17-year-olds as well? The younger, the better, then, in that sense, 100%. right? 100%. Absolutely. And I think so that like, his mindset would be scary in a world with no rules. I think that he would... That's why that's how people like groom people. Absolutely, and absolutely. Just because they're eighteen and it's legal doesn't make it any kind of any less grooming than if they were fifteen. Mm-hmm. I'd say. I mean, like legally have, wise, though. I know? know, but I'd say eighteen-year-olds psychologically wise have a lot more in common with fifteen-year-olds than they do with twenty-year-olds. Absolutely, and they they so don't like, they don't know anything about the world, and the right. only difference between a fifteen-year-old and eighteen-year-old is the eighteen-year-old thinks yes. he knows some shit. Yep. Right. Well, right. and they're prey. That's what they are at that point. Yeah, they're vulnerable. Him. They're a vulnerable population. And I think something that's important is like, I think that when he's speaking, he's really speaking about what quote unquote high value men are looking for. I don't think he's necessarily speaking for like the majority of men mm-hmm. um, or anything like that. He's speaking for what like high value men try to find in women. Well, and so if you think about his ideal of a high value man, from my understanding, it's someone just who is really wealthy, right? Like, is there any other attributes nope. he contributes to that? I can add to that because I saw him break it down. What is it? He says that you can have money and still be a loser and still be a nobody, but you have to have power. And that actually is the most important thing is because the money comes with power. So wealth and power. Wealth and power. Yeah. Wealth and power. Okay. And like, I, might, I might be a top G. 
Wealth if, and power, if, baby. if money isn't the main thing, baby, then I got, got power. I got power. You're saying there's a chance. You're saying there's a chance. Well, and I would say, like, power and influence go hand in hand. Because he's got the whole, like, 10 passports. So if he's in a country and they say, we've enacted this rule and so you can't leave, he can say, well, this is my passport. I'm from this country. And he claims to have broken free from, like, the Matrix, which, again, we can probably all gather a common definition of what we think the matrix is in terms of our society but that he's he is on the level of like my understanding of breaking free from the matrix is like a garden a homestead shit like that and his is like not being able to be stopped by governments mm-hmm. and that's like some that's like I some mean, el chapo type shit that's yeah. somewhere like criminals want to be out of the rule that's of like that, the land it's like the cartel yeah. yeah. Did I tell that story on the podcast last time about uh, about the pilot I met that on the low worked for the cartel? No, I I don't think so. No, because that shit's crazy. Like that operation's pretty wild. What happens? Yeah. So well, until the car. I think it's the cartel, not this time. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay, but I was for real scared. I don't even remember this guy's name. That's how like insignificant he was. But I went on when I was in Tucson. Arizona. I went Tucson, Arizona is is a hub. Of, Shout out Tucson for for some sorts. But went on this date with this private pilot, and I was intrigued by that. I was like, "What do you mean a private pilot?" He's like, "I have one client that I work for, and that's it. And he has the plane that I fly." And I was like, "Interesting. So you're not like FedEx, not like." A, you know, Alaska Airlines shit. Like you like that. work for a dude. Yeah. And so I was like, how does that work? Like, does he like plan things out? And he goes, no, I'm paid pretty well. And he was paid a lot to be ready at, at a phone calls notice. Mm-hmm. And so he was actually during that time, I don't know if I've ever told you this, but his client client had recently bought him a, like a second apartment right by the airport. So oh, yeah. like that he was like, okay, well you're right. You're five minutes drive. Like yeah. get here now. And I was like, interesting. What, like, what is this guy calling you on a five minutes notice doing? And he got a little, dr- cause I was like, who's your client? Cause I'm not from around there. I was like, huh. but you're really pushing this. You're like, why does this yeah. man need to get you to the airport? Well, He's like, holy fuck, are you the feds? You got a wire <laughs> on? Like, What's his address? Well, it was pretty casual. I was like, so like, who is who is it? Um, do you mind if I ask? He's like, uh, no, I can't. I can't tell you. Wow. And I was like, okay. Yeah. But then this motherfucker had a few beers, getting a little chatty, and I'm like. <laughs> At first, I was like, "Cool," and so he told me the name of him, and oh fuck, I didn't, I didn't recognize him, but it was like a prominent figure that owned a bunch of real estate, like apartment buildings, things like that. Like, was pretty prominent in that area. Well, it's him, and I was like, "Huh? Like, what? Where's he going mostly?" He goes, he goes mostly goes to Mexico, sometimes South America, like Colombia, where Columbia. wherever. And I was like, "Oh." that's interesting he's like yeah he's like part of like my salary is that i don't look in the back like i get (laughs) i get i get in the cockpit and i go and i was like what (laughs) and i at this point i'm like so you're in the cartel yeah and 
I was like, or you're doing some kind of something. Yeah. I was like, oh, that's not a normal request. Oh, my God. And because he's like, he just wants some privacy. I was like, mm, I think it's a little different than that. Or he's got kilos. But, and so I was like, he's in the cartel. And he's like, he's like, I'm paid not to know. So he's like, I really don't know. But he's like, my girlfriend that I had previously said the same thing. And when we broke up, it got kind of ugly. And she posted on social media something along the, like, alluding to that. And I was like, hmm. And he's like, I got a message from my client. He kept saying client. I was like, you mean your fucking mob boss? (laughs) Like, what? And he goes, he asked me about it. And he's like, well, we broke up. And she got, you know, she's had this opinion. But I didn't think she'd, you know, post it online. And he goes, well, we're going to handle it and i was like is she alive i was like is she alive yeah what's like, her what name? does that mean and she, he's like no no i think they just like kind of paid her a visit and I, I was like oh okay and at this point he's fucked up so he's just like loose lip and everything i'm like number one you're gonna get yourself killed yep number two yeah. you're gonna get me killed <laughs> yep. so i was like it was hockey game cool man had had some fun Best of luck. Too. Yeah, I was Good like, mm, we don't need to do this again. But the cartel is like very much the same as Andrew Tate. Like, just uh, we're kind of maneuvering under the law. Yeah, like, we just we're do not ran we by want. the law. Yeah. We, we have our own yep. deal. And it's like, well, and ooh. that is fucking crazy. Oh, I was And that's there a lifelong like, job. Am I in a movie? And I went home, and my roommate was one of the guys I went to grad school with who was doing an internship at U of A as well. And I was like, I was like Carson, you're never going to believe this. <laughs> <laughs> he, he's like, where did you meet this guy? I was like, on, on Tinder. I don't know. Like, he wasn't on a cartel website. I was like, I don't know. So did he fly you to Tucson? No, no. Because then I was like, I was like, are we going to do some cool shit? Like, are you a pilot <laughs> like that? And he was like, no, no. It's just my client owns the plane. And then he told me about it. I was like, absolutely never want to have my dna in that plane i was like yeah count me out count wow yeah no fucking way but he was also like it was it's all pretty like we have like a process and i was like sure they i was do. like first of all because then i was thinking like dude you don't even know me like i could have told you a fake name you never know you wouldn't know and second of all i'm like you say this to the wrong crowd and you're gonna be in some yeah in some trouble man yeah low-key that guy's dead right now uh because if he's telling you that on a first date after he's had a few drinks he's fucked well and i'm like who are you at the bar with sitting next to you going hey man you'll never believe this yeah (laughs) pablo escobar pays me 80 million dollars to not look in the back because i was like because then i was getting a little tipsy i was like curious how much like how much are we talking like are you a millionaire right now he's like no it's like 200 grand and i was like i was like whoa and i was like so are you like kind of always on the go he's like you know some weeks it's like a lot and some weeks it's not at all wow and he's like he just pays me to be available and i was like well and then there will be a point where he is like oh like i actually can't do it and they're gonna be like yeah you can they're gonna pay him a visit you know and i was like yeah you can because yep. he was kind of like being weird and he was telling me about that girl and i was like <laughs> yeah. he's like i and he's like i also wouldn't 
recommend tell anybody. I truly don't remember that guy's name. Glad we're posting this on podcast. <laughs> podcast. Ju- you're fine. talking about this girl posting about it on social media. I mean, and- how many cartels are in Tucson? Probably a fucking shitload. So it's well, and she probably posted his name. Like that's a big thing. Is she oh, probably posted sh- his yeah. name for sure? Like, and I, even if you were to be like, hey, after we're done with this, what was his name? I I truly don't remember because it was something like pretty not not memorable really right and so it's just like damn i would say that's a ex- dangerous game bro that's yeah wild super dangerous yeah. super, he could literally get beheaded at any moment any, on, uh, on the plane in the any back second yeah but i would say that that's a prime example of an example of a man who's not a high value man even though he has a lot of money right well, because he's, he's, he has no power exactly right yep. like so it's not just money damn, it depends exactly, on you being bro. the boss that's right. so fucking true that is true yeah. yeah, he for literally maybe the rest of his life he will be on call to do that. How do you do yeah. anything? Well, oh, some weeks are busy, some are not, but I don't decide. Because also I was like, can you, can you quit? He's like, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> he's like, I don't know, but I like, I don't think so. Yeah, no. Yeah, he can't. Because he's like, well, then second of all, what am I gonna do? Take a hundred grand pay cut? Because I was like, as a pilot, I feel like you can still do some pretty well for yourself, like. He's like, yeah, but, you know, I get paid in time and money. So it's like, why would I not do that? I was like, well, because when you get fucking flat down by the U.S. government pilots, you're going to be like, uh-oh. Yeah. But Yeah, well, and another human being that operated outside of the law is a beautiful man named Jeffrey Epstein. Mm. And I think he had, he could fly a helicopter onto a mili- this military base. I can't remember but he could he could access restricted places without anyone questioning anything that he was doing when he would show up. He had full access. Why did we well, say we were going to bring her up? Because he worked with the, Ghislaine. The trials that went on. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but can I about Epstein? When that came out, it was after I had moved here, so after I was in Tucson. And the pilot, like, went on record that he just never looked in the bath. Like, he could claim ignorance because he didn't. And the thing was, like, because I asked that guy, too. I was like, I mean, do you have to look in the back? He goes, yeah, because if anything is on board, it's technically the pilot's, like, fault. We have to, like, manage the whole aircraft. Because he's like, if the door was broken and I wasn't allowed to look back there, you know, what do you do? Right. If there's... 200 pounds of cocaine back there you know, yeah. yeah or a dead yeah. body yeah. yeah yeah whatever what have you um and i was like well are you ever worried he's like well when they get off and like clear everything out i like take a look at it and then just you know look for major issues but the guy with epstein said the same thing and people mm. were like how can you even do that i was like if the cartel's paying this joe schmo 200 grand i can Absolutely. fathom what epstein was paying his pilot to be like, oh. don't look back here. I don't care what the law says. Don't look back here. Fly the plane. And this guy's probably like, well, I, like yeah. whatever. Yeah, well, they had like butlers and they had landscapers who all just kind of, oh, here, here it comes with the... And locals from another island saying that they would watch children being, or not children, but young, a group of young looking girls heading out to the island on a boat mm-hmm. and they called it pedophile island and he had government affiliate that that's the whole thing is like pictures with trump pictures with clinton 
Yeah, Bill Gates. A- what the fuck? What do you yeah. think about Epstein? He's terrible. Obviously, a very bad guy. Denounce him right now. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think what he did was great. You know what? Yeah, yeah, he he probably like, paid his vi- pilots very handsomely. Yeah. Handsomely, yeah. No, I mean, like, Damn. I mean, his pilot's definitely a fucking millionaire. You know what I mean? Jeffrey yeah. Epstein's pilots. If yeah, that's yeah. making 200000 I mean, the guy who's taken kidnapped 12-year-olds, the he's definitely, deal. definitely yeah. a millionaire. You know what the weirdest conspiracy I heard during that whole deal is? I What's that? You told me that. Is like... That doesn't sound like me. Weird. Um... <laughs> Was okay. Like, where where are they finding these children from? I did mm-hmm. tell you this. And one was like, you know, third world countries like typical sex trafficking shit, fucking Walmart parking lots for all we know. But one of the conspiracies was that there was like a crazy amount of kids going missing on Disneyland cruises, mm. Caribbean Disneyland cruises that wink wink nudge nudge happened to just go by that area. And they would just like they and were deemed uh, like overboard. They would, and they would. They had snorkeling excursions near that island. Yeah, where and kids would just like go missing, and people were like, well, they must have drowned. They must have got caught up in a tide or whatever. And they're like, that's just really strange. The amount and like the sheer percentage and numbers and statistics of people of kids going missing on Disneyland cruises in particular, like specifically in that area uh-huh. too. Yeah. yeah, was just like. That's kind of wild. Well, and on that same wild. note, it's like the amount of missing kids that are in America every year. It's some crazy ass number. Like, I want to say 600,000. Yeah, it's like 500, 600,000, like between yeah. 500 and a million kids just in America go missing every single year. Yeah. So that's kind of where my thought of like, I don't think Andrew Tate's actually in the human trafficking game because if he was, I don't think he'd be online. I, I think he'd be an anonymous Yeah. He's yeah, the face. Yeah, he's the face. He's not the dude. Well, then that's the thing. He is one of the few people that is claiming to be the face and the guy at the same time. Because mm-hmm. just like uh, the podcast that he had with the Dave Portnoy, Portnoy, Dave is the face. But I guess he's the guy too. Dave's, he owns Dave's the guy too. Yeah, yeah. And I and I yeah, do I yeah, do yeah, think yeah. sometimes you are the face and the guy. Typically, you're probably not when you're under a lot of corruption. I would say, but there can be cases where you're the face and you're the guy. Well, because I also believe. Truly, Jeffrey Epstein wasn't the guy. I agree. So, like, and he was a pretty low-level face, right? Like, he was a face for a second, and then he died. Yeah. Died. But, um, yeah, like, who's about, like who's the head of the operation? Do you think Galena was? No. No. <laughs> so, the, this goes into what we were going to talk about. Because we were talking about beforehand... What are we going to chat about on the podcast? Mm-hmm. And I said, yes, I just love a good conspiracy. Don't know if I believe in them. Love to hear about them. One of the conspiracy theories um, was that most people know the Amber Heard and Johnny Depp trial that went on this summer ish. Right. Yeah. It happened throughout the summer. I'd say. Um, and how much publicity it got and coverage it got and just attention it got in general. And since since living with this guy, I'm just a little bit more aware of when th- things like that happen. What the like, wh- like why why is that happening? Because like Johnny Depp's popular, parts of the Caribbean, cool with the shit, but like he's not like a I wouldn't say a prominent public figure like Obama or Trump or whatever. Like 
America wide. Right. And Amber Heard, like, who fucking knows? But why was that got so much coverage? And I heard on the old TikTok, right, one of the conspiracies was that the Ghislaine Maxwell trial that has been set, I think, for, like, over a year since Jeffrey Epstein got arrested in 2020. Yeah. (laughs) Right when COVID hit. That was crazy. Mm -hmm. Um, Weird how that plays out. Weird how that played out. But that trial was pretty much in the middle of the Amber Heard Johnny Depp trial. and Like one, it started in the middle of the yeah. Amber Heard? Okay. And one of the reasons it didn't get much attention is because this Depp and Heard trial was getting so much publicity that there wasn't getting coverage like pretty much anywhere else. Like yep. even daily national news, right? And wow. it, she got sentenced to 20 years. And that's it. Damn. And it's supposed during the trial, like in the courtroom, a list was pronounced. And so one of the like conspiracies is that the herd Depp trial went on so that there wouldn't be any coverage of this list being read hmm. like in, in an official manner. Hmm. So that's my conspiracy that I heard. That's crazy, dude. I, I believe that shit. I, that, I was like, all right, that makes total sense. Well, and if you think about it, like, think about the live streaming of the Johnny Depp and the Amber Heard trial. Yeah. And they're not going to live stream Jelaine Maxwell. I don't even know if they had any cameras. No, there. no cameras. I've seen None. sketches. I've seen sketches of her of her manly ass looking face yep. like out there just like, yeah, this is what we're doing. But I didn't even hear that they read a list off of names. Well, it wasn't an official trial. Like, court documents are spoken aloud for the jury for, you know, presented as evidence. Mm-hmm. So it was all very official because now you're like, okay, well, what was that list? And it's like, well, this was quote unquote leaked, released. And you're like, kind of like, okay, well, that could mean anything. But to have it read in a court of law by a yeah. judicial judge. That's real. That's, that's real. real. And they, I think they really wanted to avoid that situation. Well, I think they got what they wanted. I saw oh, so many people posting about their whatever side they took deaf or heard and yeah it was just a very unfortunate coincidence for a trial one of the biggest trials other than if trump goes down for fucking having nuke codes in his basement that is one of the biggest trials in my lifetime maybe you know what i'm saying like Mm -hmm. of importance of people and who it involves and the implications because it's just like i don't give a shit about epstein in terms of again he wasn't the one that was doing all of this he was just he was a cog that could take full advantage and benefit and reap the benefits just like the private pilot getting to reap the benefits of two hundred thousand dollars but he and that's what i've been thinking is like jeffrey epstein was like a hired employee just like the pilot was yeah like he wasn't the one calling the show this was his full-time job and that gets into who galane maxwell's father is and then that gets into a whole new conspiracy of what's like the implications of things that could be like an enemy against the United States. That's actually like pretty real. He worked for uh, intelligence, right? Like yes. he was like an intelligence guy. Do you know if it was CIA or if it was FBI? It was, it's from Israel. It's the oh, Mossad. Wow. Oh, wow. And so you go into Israel and some of the thing. I mean, they th- like, I've seen some quotes that's just like their prime minister, I've heard is a bad guy, but also like he hates America allegedly. But then like kind of got along with Trump, I think I can't remember or didn't. 
but they have an intelligence agency. So again, this would be like, and I'm sure America has done this in uh, inferior countries, but you compromise the political leaders. So then you can install whoever you want. And those people that you install, you have shit on them. So it's just like Bill Clinton. Mm -hmm. It's like, bro, okay. And we can, and I'd never want to dismiss Trump's pictures with him, but Bill Clinton is on a plane with him. Okay, so that's like at least we we have that a picture right there. That is the scariest picture I could ever think of. And they're smiling because of the implications of, okay, who the fuck is this guy? He, I've heard here, I'm just flying on conspiracies and then I want you to dive in from what you think. The Playboy Mansion was a, was a small Epstein situation where they would get celebrities to come in do things where they caught them on camera and then they were compromised in some sort of fashion. That's a, con- that's a conspiracy, mail. but it's called the honeypots. And that's exactly, you're trying to catch all the flies. That's exactly mm. what um, Epstein was doing. He was having honeypots. So. Yeah, I mean, I absolutely, I mean, I don't want to just be like, oh, I agree with everything that's being said. But I mean, that's very true. I mean, if you even if you just look at Scientology as well. Mm-hmm. It's, it's a common thing for people to be like, hey, we're going to bring you in here and either talk about some really dark shit that you've done in your past so you can get all your thetans out and you can get oh. all of that badness out of you. We're also going to you know, record it so that we have it on you. I did not know they did that. Yeah. It's that's like, fucked It's up. like therapy shit, man. But like that's just a common thing within cults and within groups that want to control right. you. Right. Is they're going to make you blackmail. do blackmail. Right. Yeah. Or getting a honeypot. Like, like just having you do some fucked up so that they can catch you automatically has them over you right you're no longer a top g no longer a top <laughs> g and they're gonna come for your ass dude yeah 100 percent. um but it's interesting like who thank you jenna i got you thank you um it's interesting who they choose to go after and who they don't right like not even just the, not even the groups themselves but like the media after that Mm, because cool. if we look at what's going on with Trump, like in the Marlago thing, like right. how his his house just got invaded, right? Um, do you know why that why it got invaded? So from what I understand, CNN, Central News Network, tells me that he took documents from the White House to his place in Marlago, and he had a place where he had them locked away. Now, a counterpoint to that that someone will immediately bring up is that. Barack Obama did the same thing that he took documents, but he's getting ready to like publish them in like a, like a national public library. He's like building something that he's going to publish these online for everyone to access. And so the difference is that allegedly what Trump has is classified and were things that were like, like never going to be released. Well, and like things that if he actually fucking has, that is a big problem Mm -hmm. and that it's good that they went in and did that. And that that should be reprimanded and stopped as fast as fucking possible. 100%. Absolutely. And, and on the same note, right, it's like uh, if we go into the human trafficking of Andrew Tate and Tristan Tate, the reason that that story exists is because they were throwing a party out in their out in their mansion in Romania. Right. And a girl who was there, uh, her boyfriend saw on her IG or her, her snap that she was at this party. And so he texted her and he was like, yo, what are you doing at this tape party? And she texted him back and said, oh, well, I didn't want to come. And they made me come. And now I can't leave. Mm. So then he called the cops and the FBI show up and they're like, we need to get everyone out. And they go, you're holding this girl against her will. And they go, well, no, we're not. 
And so they go in and they look through and they find that they can't find anything legal. They can't find anything they can charge and they leave. Wow. Right? So, I mean, that's good, but it also comes back to like, if you have this certain reputation, if, you, if you've done some shit inside of your group, inside of the cult that you exist in, the cult can get you. If you're outside of those things and you have this reputation and you do some shit that's kind of shady, then people are automatically going to come for you more than if you're trying to save face. 100%. Yep. Like with what happened with like Hunter Biden, right? Like, uh, like Joe Biden's son. I don't, do you know what was on that laptop? I definitely know. Yeah. I definitely I know that he was having sex with crack whores. I know that, he, uh, but I don't know, like, I think there's, like, collusion, right, between, like, Ukraine yes. and Russia. Well, so the videos, well, which were interesting, and then you can chime in, is... You're controlled, Jenna. Don't let him control you. Well, just because I'm talking. Now. But, um... Hunter you don't Biden, own her, oh, Cougar. <laughs> no. <laughs> I don't get any cut of the OnlyFans. Um, so, Hunter Biden... Because it was weird. It was, like, conservatives found or like these tapes were leaked or whatever and all it is is him either jacking off like a crackhead in a hotel room having sex with a hooker like a crackhead in a hotel room or doing crack nice that's it filming himself doing crack oh yeah amazing really like pathetic as fuck and sad and like disgusting and like it's just all the terrible words you can think it's all that and but conservatives were like Ha, we have a video of Joe Biden's son's dick. And it's like, <laughs> oh, like okay, oh, who cares, right? You know, like, because that doesn't necessarily apply to Joe Biden. It was like a got you moment for Joe Biden. And I was like, eh. Yeah, and it's probably already on Pornhub, so. You could go find it easily. I found it easily. But, and I didn't necessarily, like, I didn't know what was on there until I found it. But Cougar typing in, what is Hunter, Hunter Biden's, Biden's dick? <laughs> but the quid pro quo with Ukraine comes in when joe biden said that he was going to withhold two billion dollars of aid to ukraine if they didn't fire a prosecutor that was looking into uh corruption with hunter biden who was on a an energy company there and he was making like hundreds of hundreds of thousands of dollars a month hundreds of thousands of dollars a month and had no experience had no reason to be on there other than his father was joe biden they were looking into that and joe biden said we're gonna withhold two billion dollars if you don't if you don't uh get rid of that prosecutor and he was like oh and two days later son of a bitch look at that they they did they got rid of him so that's that's what i understand yeah because i understood that like the main problem was that there were was like illegal things on the laptop and it was a big problem because Hunter Biden had a hand in Ukrainian, like, the the economy and, like, business. Mm. Yeah. And mm. it was like, oh, yeah, then... Because, I mean, if you were to flip it, if someone from Ukraine was super corrupt and had a big hand in the American economy and American business, mm-hmm. we'd be like, okay, we're going to persecute you to, like, the highest end of the law. Oh, yeah. And so I'm sure Ukraine was taking those steps. Well, and then think and then, of the U.S. president and then gets rid of that prosecutor that starts to look into that corruption. Right. And then it's like, oh, well, who's who's this guy who's firing him? Why are they doing that? You yeah. know? And maybe I shouldn't look into that if that's the last thing he was looking into so that maybe that so thing doesn't Dude, it's like paying him a visit, man. Absolutely. Well, and <laughs> even then, like, I think Congress was signing off being like, yeah, the laptop's kind of bullshit. Like, Congress, like Nancy really? Pelosi, like other people in Congress were kind of signing off being like, yeah, what they say oh, they bet. have, they don't really have. Because what, what, do you know what they were saying they had other than dick pics of, of Hunter? I know it was the crack horse shit. And right. I know it was the masturbation shit. Yeah. Um, I didn't know that he filmed himself 
smoking crack. Yeah, oh yeah. Crazy, trying to start his own Patreon. That, I, but that's exactly what you would expect a crackhead to do. Absolutely, yeah. Oh, yeah. that's why it makes sense. Yeah, hundred yeah. yeah, like it doesn't make sense, but like, well, and if you were I, to take a crackhead off the street and tell them, should you video you doing crack? They'd be like. Yes. The decision making is not there. Yeah. Yes, I should. <laughs> They're like, I don't think you understand how well I'm gonna pull after this goes on YouTube. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh, I'm a top the G after love this. It. Yeah. No, I I don't know what they had. I from what I understood was it was all the promiscuous stuff, and mm-hmm. then it was the uh, something to do with Ukraine and Russia. I thought as well something with their economies, like they something don't, with finances. They don't yeah. fuck with like the economies and like the big businesses within those. No, well, it's called a. It was called Barisma. That that was the company that's doing this. Well, and I even remember that there was something about like in Hunter Biden's emails or in the finances, it was like from the money he got from Ukraine, and then he put like two hundred thousand dollars to Big Daddy or to the big guy. And oh like yeah, that yep. was supposed to, to, to the be big guy to yep. Joe. Yep. Like, but he was the big and guy. that's a huge thing, and it, that should be looked at, bro, just as harshly as Trump. All this shit should be looked at hard, you but know? it won't be. But because it won't. They're be. the ones in power right now. So was that kind of like embezzling then? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. On like a bid. Yeah. Uh, on a I huge think it's, level. I don't know the actual term. It might be racketeering, but it's it one. It's be. one of those terms with like doing with money and trying to rack it up, like from well, yes. shit you're not actually. Doing. And the thing with embezzling is like, it doesn't have to be a big operation to be a fucking big operation. Like a very small business that my mom works for in a very tiny town, but it has like 150, 200 employees, which is like kind of large. They ship international, whatever they manufacture. And someone was embezzling, and over like a two-year period, embezzled like two million dollars. Wow! I was like, oh yeah. shit! And this is like a like a small company. Wow! And I'm like, oh man, those embezzling from like Microsoft, like you could probably embezzle. It gets crazy. Like crazy amounts of money. Yes. If it were that easy to casually embezzle two million dollars in two years. Well, and that gets into like fine art. Like money is laundered through fine art yeah. all the time. Mm. You have like just a random painting that goes for five million dollars randomly. There's a lot of like a process like you're talking about, like they have there's a process mm. that happens that you can slip money this way and that way and clean it up a little bit. Like yeah. I think the world would be very scary if we knew exactly Whoa, everything yeah. that was going on. Because yeah. we kinda have like inklings and shit but like well and i think that the, the term ignorance is bliss is to some extent for so real true. for real so like, fucking true and not to like ignorance is bliss and it's like you cheating on me <laughs> right ignorance <laughs> is bliss uh, yeah right but, like cougar is a high value man yeah, so. come yeah, on yeah because we talked about i think the last time i saw you we <laughs> got on the subject of like if you could be invisible and go anywhere where would you go okay and i said along the lines of like area 51 Mm. or something along that and you're like but you now know things that you can't tell anybody and would that be worse was that you i don't think it was me i think it was me i can't remember what we were talking about but you were yeah like you were gonna find some like be told some secrets secrets, but then i was like well but then that might be you can't tell anybody and then if you do tell them you look absolutely crazy yeah or get paid to visit or they kill you right (laughs) yep (laughs) but um that's the thing is like well would you rather just be ignorant to all of that if you can't because i can i can understand like being ignorant to facts that you have absolutely no control over because like if you cheat on me i have the power to 
dump you. Right. Or if a kid in my class cheats and I'm not ignorant to it, I know about it, I can have a repercussion. But, like, when the government is embezzling shit from Ukraine, me knowing that or not doesn't make any difference mm-hmm. in terms of like what the outcome is and right. i think even if you knew why they were embezzling that money it'd be even worse well i mm-hmm. think if i could know every single detail about it i mean it wouldn't make any difference and it would just be like inner turmoil well i think one thing that would be important about knowing about it is that there would be people who would say well our government would never do that our government would never do something like that and it's like well, they would, but if that that's that level of ignorance is bliss is that once you start to get an idea of what is true, like you can hang up the phone, like the call has yeah. made its case and you know now, but like complete like ignorance of, of like the way that something is like at the U S government. So I've had people very recently, like, like everything is good. It's all good. Don't worry. Like Trump's not in, so it's all good. And it's like, there's corruption just running rampant you really have, and you have to understand that, that. You've oh had yeah people say that to you oh, yeah. really yep like that's so crazy bro because for you to yeah. say oh well my government wouldn't do that that's almost like you're saying that lobbyists don't exist absolutely like what you don't understand is that politicians are the same as actors i i don't care about what actors say at all ever about the government or about what we should do with our rights or or this or that because you're paid to say words Yep, and exactly. and politicians even so even more so because they're paying for your ideas right yeah well, and yeah just, and just like so i had this project in my in my health class yay health classes and we're t- talking about you know love and sex and whatever and so they had to find one healthy love song where this song was talking about healthy love and one unhealthy love song obviously the unhealthy love songs rampant rampant in today's society but one of the things we talked about was like, okay, think of the people singing these, right? Like the Justin Bieber's of the world. Think about how far out of touch they are from your lives. Like so far out of touch, it freaking hurts. Mm-hmm. And I was like, they don't, I mean, I don't even think he would even, he can't even conceptualize what your day to day is like. And we can't for him like yeah. to have that kind of money and power. And on a global scale, Justin Bieber ain't shit in terms of money and power and knowledge. And so, like, for people to be like, well, the government would would never. I'm like, these guys are so fucking far removed from, like, your normal citizen like us. I don't even think we can fathom what kind of corruption and actions they would take. That they'd be willing to. Yeah. Not even that they would, like, that they just would. What would you do? Yeah, a low-level Justin Bieber would make some crazy-ass decision because he has money and power, and he doesn't understand the repercussions of a day like a daily life would be. And these guys are like just as far removed from us to Justin Bieber as Justin Bieber is to them. Well, and, and it's J- like Justin Bieber whoa. making that decision doesn't take a hit on a country's economy or some shit. Right, we might lose some fans, but and then going in your point, Chan. A definition of, po- of a politician, wow. a person who acts in a manipulative and just devious way, typically to gain advancement within an organization. Okay, well, that is the second definition. The first definition yep. is a person who's professionally involved in politics, especially as a holder yep. or a candidate for someone who's in elected office. So then how do these people act? 
Ah. Uh, What's behind the mask? Exactly. Yo, exactly. That's that's, crazy. That's a weird thing to, like, we have to understand what politicians are to contend with them. We can't treat them like a celebrity. Just like I told you probably five times now, I saw this clip of a Hillary Clinton speech, and this woman was just like, she was just sobbing. It just, like, was so happy and moved, like, deeply emotionally moved. And it's like, damn. No one should ever allow Hillary Clinton to have that hold on them. Maybe her daughter. You know what I'm saying? Like someone right. close, but she was treating them like a close, close person. One well, we've talked about. So for like politicians, that's crazy. Or like even justices. People are like fans of Supreme Justices or not fans of Supreme Justices. Like, And we recently went to a Lumineers concert. And people are in the pit fucking streaming trying to touch this guy. Yep. And we're like, what? What a psychological shift that must happen in your mind when you can see that happening for you. Mm-hmm. Like if people are fucking pushing other people, screaming, crying, so they can touch you for one second, would be such a like a, a crazy shift in your mind. You'd feel like God. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Like, the idea of famous people is pretty wild. Well, and that's what's happening with Tate right now. Mm-hmm. Right. Is, he's probably becoming, like, famous and prominent. Well, and he's literally... He, Cougar's kind of let me know about this, but, like, he's literally telling his people that, like, he wants them to follow them into the pits of hell and shit. Mm-hmm. Like, he's really also trying to set up this cult-like mentality. He's where, saving people. And the, the scariest thing that I've heard is uh, him on a podcast say that this is step one of a three-step process. Yep. This is step one, motherfucker? What does step three look like? Are are you Nimrod? Shout out to what we're going to talk about Nimrod. later. But like, are you trying to be the king, like literally the king of the world? Because that seems to look like what you're doing. It's trying well, to do something, man. And here's the thing about Andrew Tate that I find the most dangerous is, one, he's a very good communicator. Like he can lay out his ideas in a very like palatable way, in a way that is like, quote unquote, logical. Mm-hmm. Another thing I think is that he has a really good understanding of, like, human nature. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. And whether that's, you know, because I think people get offended at the idea that we haven't evolved past some of that human nature. But I think, I mean, to get offended by that, I think is kind of silly. But also to acknowledge that that doesn't exist is also kind of silly. Because, like, we do, like, have innate things within us. And I think if you can understand that, how you manipulate that becomes, like, infinitely easier. Well, because he'll say something that you agree with, like something to the sense of men and women are different. That's a controversial statement to say. And some people will say, yeah, okay, like, yeah, okay, like, damn. Finally, someone's stepping up and speaking on this side rather than just always hearing this other side. So you're like, okay, well, what else has he got to say? Oh, well, then... Because of those differences, that means that the man owns the woman. And it's like, well, okay, well, I'll, well his, we his, I'll, his, uh, his steps there really are a man is responsible for the safety of his lady. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. he's responsible to protect, to take care of her and, and financially protect her as well. And then he says, but when I build upon that, that's when people don't like it. Like right. what I'm saying, what I'm supposed yep. to be responsible for, I should also have authority over. Mm. And that's what people don't like. Well, because mm-hmm. if you did take that clip and say men are responsible for, for, for protecting women, there'd be a whole lot more people that would be like, well, yeah. Yep. You know? Like, oh yeah, I agree with that. But yeah, it's when he 
like advances on that or uses that as like a platform well and also says something kind of crazy where it's going to get a lot of attention and it's going to blow up on tiktok yeah. you know yeah also it's a I character think andrew tate has an a understanding of human nature that if he says something super controversial and outrageous good or bad like there's a saying that like good or bad plus public publicity is good publicity yep yep and oh, it's yeah. like i think he understands that 100 percent. absolutely i mean the fact that we're talking about him in a spare room of my house right now yep. is like oh his reach got pretty freaking far yep. like that's that's like powerful talk about franchising an idea talk like about that. a top g god top g, baby. well here's my question right like so i i'm really i've really been invested in um not just andrew tate but again the fresh and fit podcast which is down in miami which really teaches a lot of guys like why there's dating inequity um in the world right now and kind of like why we are in the situation that we're at uh and they had a big podcast come out today today is the friday we're going to be recording this is going to be released sometime on the weekend that was talking about how the whole world is trying to silence andrew tate right now um and that he has brought out a voice from the silent voiceless generation that's been voting for trump or that's been saying that they don't like the woke culture things like that what do you guys think about that do you think that he's provided that voice or do you think he's taken it too far i'd say he's provided that voice and then and then uses that he, there's a market there's the red pill conservative and even me like i'm not i, w I would not identify as conservative at all because i have very i have some very liberal views and so mm -hmm. i would just like to go point by point but there is an absolute market for this side and so there's truth but then again he expands on it then that's where i think it it gets where he's abusing it well and i have a couple thoughts is like i am very weary of people who speak as a voice for a group of population that they are not in you know what i mean like because i think for a lot of guys andrew tate is well this is why women don't want me not because i'm like a loser and have no social skills it's because i don't have money or power mm -hmm. and like there's truth to both of that but like andrew tate doesn't not have money or power mm -hmm. but he's appealing to a population he doesn't belong in i think his argument to that would be that he grew up from that and so because he's he said that like saudi saudi arabian princes don't have um any understanding of the value of money because they've always had money and right. so like a, a bugatti doesn't mean anything because they have so much money but if you've been poor and then you're rich that's when it has value yeah that's just what i think that line of thinking would say well and my other thought on it god i've learned a lot working with kids yeah and i was a pretty like what's the word i would look for like progressive teacher because i was new mm -hmm. <laughs> and i was like okay we're and gonna try to see where we can take this you're young too yeah, so, yeah 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 and so i was teaching health and um i had like a sex ed portion and i talked pretty in depth about the repercussions of viewing pornography and i mean this population is highly hispanic like that kind of thing's pretty taboo and the thing that i talked about primarily was let's think about the people who are overrun by pornography and it's like what do these people look like and i'm like 
unfortunately it is primarily men Mm -hmm. who live in the basements with their parents because they can't hold down a job because they're that like they can't go out and do anything else and that have never talked to a real woman in real life and still feel like they understand what women need because of viewing pornography. I'm like, that's a really dangerous population. Like they have no sense of reality because they've been so warped into this false. I'm like, I was like, say a lot of for the people in the back. Porn is not real. I'm mm-hmm. like, no part of it is real. It's more similar to acting exactly than anything else. And the kids were like, oh, well. And I was like, the people that really get overrun by that are a dangerous population because it can reach so many people that fall into that. Whereas some of those guys might, in real life, be motivated enough to talk to women to practice those skills and get good at them and better themselves at that and then find themselves in a different situation rather than feel like you have a personal connection with girls you're seeing on porn and then not working on any of those actual social skills, so you never like progress past that reality. And I think he appeals to a ton of. I think the most like, um, like comical thing is that he talks about being an alpha male, and most of his followers are not alpha males. Yeah, they're virgins. Because if you were <laughs> you were a true alpha male, you'd call BS on. Yeah. Andrew Tate. Yeah. So I think that's like a really funny like controversy that happens is that his followers are not what he's preaching. Absolutely. And, and I, I totally agree with you. Uh, Jake Paul said on the impulsive podcast, and I talked about Andrew Tate, how he's talking to a lot of predominantly very young men. Yeah. Right. Who, like you're saying, are probably very addicted to pornography. And those guys are going to talk to those girls in a certain way in, in order to be a, to, a true top G mm-hmm. and they're going to get slapped in the face. Because they're not coming from any point of respect. Because I think when you do have money or we, when you do have wealth, you can kind of play by some sort of different rules. But the majority of the of the people aren't. Right. So they have to play in yep. within the ballgame. Yep. Right. R- real quick, are we good on the camera? Do we need to stop? It, it overheated. Okay, so do we want to stop real quick or do we want to keep going? No, you, or, you can keep going. You can be a star of the show, Chan. I'm always the star of the show. What are you talking about? There could, be, yeah. there could be seven cameras in here and yeah, seven different people I'm getting laid. And I'm still the star of the show. 100%. Um, yeah. And so I think people are like, well, what's the danger of Andrew Tate? Like, if it's so ridiculous, what's the problem with him doing this? And I was like, there is a population that isn't acknowledged. And so I think is a greater majority than what we're thinking that if they band together in this can be like a dangerous population. And it's kind of like, I saw this funny, like little skit on TikTok, and it was this guy who was like, like one of those pretty like terrible with socialization and things like that. We're like, well, uh, go, go fits me a sandwich. And, (laughs) and this girl was like, no. And he goes, but I'm a, I'm a high value male. And she's like, no, you're not. And he goes, yes, I am. And I'm like, oh, yeah, no, you're not. No, and you're, not. you're thinking you have these skills that you can just, like, go out without practicing. And that's, I mean, that's one thing I told my kids, too. I was like, absolutely every single one of you, especially you guys, need to be dumped hard. Like, you need to be humbled. <laughs> because that's going to give you value. Well, it's going to teach you a lot. Like, a lot of skills you need, that will teach you. Mm-hmm. 
and to, or to be rejected. And I was like, rejection's a part of life. I was like, another dangerous thing about this population is that porn doesn't reject anybody. Mm-hmm. It's open to everyone. And there's no weeding out process. If you, yep. even if you don't pay it, I mean, free porn is just as prevalent. There is no weeding out process. I like that weeding out process is kind of important because if you're a dick and you keep getting weeded out, you might realize, hey, maybe I should change that. And then you do, and then you get picked, you get, like, progressed through that. And that's with any population, not just, you know, a relationship population, but, like, friends and stuff. And it's like, these guys don't get weeded out because it's so available. And these alpha males come through, and I'm like, you need to be shut down real hard just a couple times. (laughs) And to realize, maybe this doesn't work. Like, this isn't it. There's more to it than this. Yeah, well, I think those guys, like you're saying, who don't have any value to bring um, the person that they're talking to, when they talk to them like just a straight-up asshole, they're going to find out real quick, you know? Um, And I I think that, like to your point, uh, it is really important for guys to get dumped because it makes them... I mean, I think it's important for every person to get dumped. Right. Um, But for men, like, because I, I do kind of, like, see... And I can't really speak too much for women, but I'll speak for men, where it's, like... The longer that you progress and the more that you can build, the more attractive that you're going to seem to people around you. Um, I don't necessarily know if that's the same for women, but I can expect, I can definitely say that it is for how it is for a guy. And when you get dumped, typically it's because the person that you're with is trying to pursue somebody else. Like, for example, I was, uh, I was telling Cougar this story the other day. I was kind of chasing this girl around college for two and a half years. She was kind of LDS. Um, she said that she wasn't just re- she just wasn't ready to like settle down with anybody. Was kind of just like flirting around, going on dates, essentially like just playing dudes. Um, and I was driving out to her house from Pocatello to Blackfoot, and on the drive to Blackfoot, she starts telling me about how she's writing a book with this other guy. Um, and I know this other guy. He's like an actor around Pocatello. He's 24 at the time. I think I'm 20 or or 19, 19 or 20. Um, he's very well established. I did, don't know if he had his own place or not. Um, but I'm driving out there and she's telling me how they're writing a book together. And you know, like when someone tells you about someone that they're into and like, you can tell, like, they don't have to tell you that like, Hey, I really like this person, but like, yeah. you know. Um, so I look over and I go, you're really into him, huh? And she goes, yeah, I am. And and then I have to sit at her house with the Los Birdos that we got from Pocatello. And she's like, well, what's wrong? And I, and I just looked at her and I go, I don't understand why I'm here. You know, like, have him drive you out here if you want to do this. But as a dude, you understand that, like, I, like, when I started listening to these podcasts, I started going back and going, oh, the reason that she broke up with me is because I couldn't provide her the same things that he could provide her. Right. Like status and more security and age and like which comes with what women think of as like wisdom. So I and for ladies, I don't really know. But like, I think it's good for everyone to definitely get dumped. 100 percent. Yeah. I well, I think it just teaches you a lot. Like, I think getting dumped is a catalyst for growth. Like mm. you will inevitably think about and reflect on behaviors that may or may not have been a a positive thing so you now change them or work on them right but and and even like dumped like in a relationship dumped but even just rejected like not even in a relationship where you break up do all that but just like flat out passed on is like oh <laughs> uh-oh yeah yeah well and and sometimes i th- in my experience 
guys are super blind to that. Like, girls, to an extent, or at least the girls I've been around, expect, not expect, but, like, understand getting dumped or rejected. Like, hey, well, I can see logically, like, how that happened, how I can't supply what that person wants. Mm -hmm. Whatever that looks like. Better looks, more nurturing, makes more money, had come from a higher status, what have you. Like, women tend to be a little bit more objective about that. Um, and because of that, they manipulate that. It's like it's like the power of makeup. If you can be good at makeup, you can realize that looks matter and that that can attract you to a whole group. But You can that, become a whole different person right. with makeup. Exactly, but girls acknowledge that that's a thing. Like, none of them think that they are like inept from that do you think that most girls think that they wear makeup for attraction or for themselves i think they would say for themselves but i think if they're being super honest um well when i wear makeup it's for others. other people yeah 100 percent. well me too and so now that i have you i'm like no thanks <laughs> i'm confused on when you wore makeup coog <laughs> <laughs> my freshman year of high school i had terrible acne uh and so i would put uh liquid foundation on my face, on the zits, Very to try to badly, blend it in. From what I hear. Yeah, it was bad. Oh, for sure. Just not well blended. No. Yeah. I had no idea what I was doing. The sisters told me it was not. not well, like, no one told sleep. me any. Like, yeah, I but would not still, expect you, it to be you good. You put it on for other people. Like, there wasn't a moment yeah, to, for you. Yeah, to hide the zits. Yeah. Well, so other people wouldn't see them. Yeah. But, anyways, in my opinion, or in my opinion, in my experience, guys are a little bit more oblivious to that and, like, can't put two and two together. Like, they kind of have to be told. And the only, or not the only, the main example I have of this is I had a, a really a good teammate that I hung out with quite a bit. And she was from a different country and was LDS. And so LDS and from a different country very clearly wanted to be a homemaker back in that country. Okay. Um, Long term. Was studying to pretty much how to be a housewife. Good on you. If that's your girls, do you, girl. But... She dated all of these football guys. She was very attractive, a very nice girl, like very well desired. And she was fucking just breaking hearts left and right. And these guys just like couldn't understand. And I was friends with one of them. And I was, he was like, I don't get it. Like we were just hanging and how did, why did she do that? I was like, okay, number one, are you LDS? Mm -hmm. He goes, no okay how did you see that working right and he goes well i just thought i could convince her otherwise like question number two do you plan on moving to said country yeah well no so like what what was your plan on that well i don't i don't really know i was like so can you see how maybe that wouldn't have worked and he was like, I just never considered that. Mm -hmm. And I was like, you never considered that. I was like, come on, man. Like, yeah, you need to be dumb. Because you need to be able to, like, read a situation better than that. And we, we totally agree. It's that, like, when a girl gets dumped, she kind of already knows, like, like the reason. Right. Like, like, for the most part, right? Whereas, like, those stories of the football players or, like, me, right? I didn't realize why that girl chose that dude over me literally until about a month ago. Right. And that happened right. four years ago. Right. And I kept going, well, why wasn't I good enough? Why wasn't I good enough? For a long time, I thought it's because I didn't fuck her. Honestly, because like yeah. she, she, because check this out, right? Like those football players probably thought, well, it, 
the American girls, they, they just kind of let me hit and then, the, and then we go. Yeah. Right. Where it's like, I didn't really have that mindset because a, I was raised different and I'm not necessarily an athlete. So I don't really have that quote unquote power. Right. But like, they probably thought, Oh, well, like I could just get this Ameri- this, this other girl from a different country who's LDS and she'll probably also smash, right. you know, where it's a different ball game. Right. Well, and that, it was just such a funny little experiment. Cause I'm like, do you not see how like maybe that wouldn't work out? Like, where that might have come from because they were like i am shocked yeah and i'm like oh you are dumb because <laughs> that's pretty obvious and especially with people from different countries like people from different countries just have vastly different right. values than we do right and they're much more traditional whereas like america is just more feminist now so right. they also could be acting in a way that she looks at as non-masculine right even if they weren't lds and i agree with you where it's like that's the number one point that's going to be like the point of contention well and she was an english-speaking country like again if it were had a lot of teammates from spain that would have been like sort that out a little bit more but like english-speaking like yeah you could move to that country but will you and i'm like and i'm like she's trying to have kids yesterday so what's your plan with that and does she see you as someone who's trying to lock her down or does she see you as someone who is just trying to get their bone in the right and she i mean and she was pretty like candid about it oh the camera um and she would tell us she's like if they want to buy me a couple meals before they like sort out i just want to be friends and to each their own and i was like dude that's a set you're a savage because those guys did like played in fucking putty in her hand and that's to a you know a much greater extent because she was very candid with that like well i want to go back to this country i want to be a housewife i don't want to work and i want to raise my kids with my you know parents and sisters and all that back in my home country so yeah could you oh sorry I was just going to ask, could you make a case that she is a high value woman because she was preserving her value? Sure. I also think that she laid out her expectations of what was going to happen. So these guys couldn't claim ignorance. Mm. And Sounds Andrew like Tate, Andrew Tate. Andrew Tate can do the same thing. He's like, well, I laid it all out. Right. Exactly. And yep. they agreed. And so then whose fault is it? It's their fault. It's, the, it's their fault. It's the dude's fault. Right. And she was never taken for fault for that because she laid it laid it all out. And I was like, you're either an evil genius or just straight up a genius because that's smart. Smart as smart yeah, hell. That is. And, and the fact were, of the matter so is, like, at the end of the day, yeah, we'll probably have to cut this soon um, just because of camera issues. going on two hours. But uh, at the end of the day, you know that's just not what happens typically. And that's that's the issue that really we see facing in the dating culture today is that no one really lays out what's expected of the other person or what they want from the other person from the get-go. And so right. that's that's really what causes uh, confusion and that's what causes a lot of bad like breakups or just shit not happening in the first place or just things that you see coming to fruition, not coming to fruition. Yeah. Guidelines right. just aren't laid out from the beginning. Yeah. Yep. Yep. My question to you, lastly, about Andrew Tate is, I guess what's his definition and then what's like your definition of a high-value woman? Okay. Um, I, I personally, I just think I'm very different. Uh, I think when Andrew Tate and Fresh and Fit speak, they're speaking a lot from generalizations, which I think is true when you look at the general, general things. Um, I think when you look at 
Tate and those guys, what they look at as a high value woman is someone who is static in her femininity. Uh, on the fresh on the Fresh and Fit podcast, they were kind of talking about how feminism is the downfall of our society today, because a woman can pick and choose when she wants to be masculine and when she wants to be feminine. Um, I don't necessarily know if I have a take on that, but I do think that it's true. Where it's like we want equality, but more so for women than for men. Mm-hmm. Like like it, it's it's more about diminishing the man than it is about like I I, I get I hold on. <laughs> To, to, I, what I think they think a high value woman is is someone who's static in her femininity, wants to raise a family, is probably young, has a severely low, not severely, but incredibly low body count, um, and someone who's just preserved herself. And what I think a high value woman is is someone who will be a partner to me, kind of like what you're saying. Someone who I don't necessarily would say like. I don't really care about finances, so I can't really speak to that too much to be like, oh, well, you have to pay some or I have to pay some. I don't really know what I think about that at the point, at the current point in my life. And I, I would say a woman who's educated. Um, I don't think they really have a certain opinion on that because I have heard Myron, the guy from Fresh and Fit, also say that like, no, like what you're supposed to do is go to school and not be racking up bodies and going through what they call like a hoe phase, but just be going through your studies, attempting to find a high value, a high value man. Um, but I think a woman who can support me and who can like be my partner and then in a true way, not just where it's like, you know, I provide for you and you take care of the house where it's like really we're working with each other and helping each other grow. Um, and someone who's educated just in general, like, I don't mean like you need to have your bachelor's, you need to have your master's, like you just need to be reading and interested in things and like, not just kind of doing nothing. I don't care about cooking and cleaning and all that shit. Those are good pluses. Those are great pluses for me. I love to eat. Obviously, look at me. Um, I like to have a, a, a dirty, a clean house because if you notice, I don't live very cleanly in general either. Um, but I definitely think that I have a different point of view of like high value woman. But I would say that a high value man is very similar between me and theirs. Jude, what's your definition of a high value woman? Are you, Good answer. Yeah. Good answer. <laughs> oh, do you want me to elaborate yeah, on that? Yeah, I would love an elaboration. <sighs> Fucking light, bro. It's too many chords. It's the podcast of the century. I would say. Oh. I would say that a high value woman. Oh, just zoom right in on my face. A high value woman to me would be somebody that is supportive of my dreams and i'm supportive of her dreams because it all anything that i expect i have to give i feel like facts you know and so you know trust loyalty honesty honesty is honesty is the fucking main thing bro because if you're like me and your memory's bad if you genuine and i'm not trying to say i'm not a lot like i'm not like a good per i'm not a good person but like if you really try hard to just tell the truth, then you don't have to remember shit because you don't have to think about it because what you said was true and it doesn't matter. And so being honest is really helpful in our relationship. You know what I'm saying? Like just fucking say, even if you're annoyed, just say you're annoyed. It's all good. But when the games come into play, that's when it gets a little more messed up. So a very low value woman to me is a game player. And we have a lot of girls like that and guys, but in my experience or just in my situation, 
girls and i i've had friends who were game players who i'm i had to separate myself from but it's just someone who likes drama causes drama always seems to be caught up in some bullshit like more of like a simple person in terms of we are already complex enough we don't need to add bullshit we're already fucked up enough we're already complex enough we're already so insanely complicated that we can't even understand to then add onto it just because it's whatever those type of people I got to stay away from because those make my life go down further so just a supportive woman who loves me and that I love Jenna boom shout how how would you value define a high value woman I think similarly to both of you is like someone who can truly be a, a partner I think is a high value woman someone who can be independent i think the highest value woman is someone who can be financially stable and independent but doesn't doesn't necessarily choose to um and so i mean they can choose to but doesn't have to choose to like i think stay at home moms are high value women because they acknowledge that they can be independent but they don't have to be if they don't want to right um and then, yeah, I think overarching someone who is an equal contributing partner. And I'd say for most people, even globally, obviously within cultures, it you know varies. But that's, that's the thing. And so that's my gripe with Andrew Tate is that he is describing like what society would call like a low value woman is needed to view you as a high value man you know what i mean so like to be a high value male you have to be coming from a low value woman and so like that's cool and all because no high like no actual high value woman will view view you as a high value male for the attributes that you are describing because they don't necessarily need that the attributes that Tate, tate's describing right got you like wealth and power and influence is great but if you're a high value woman you don't need that from an alternate source mm. right you can supply that to a degree yourself inherently right right and so that's my gripe with him is that like okay that theory works but with low value women and so my thing is is like he's appealing to low value quote unquote low value women and promoting young women 18 year olds for young impressionable vulnerable populations to subscribe to that to that thing rather than empowering them to be true high value women because low value women are easier to manipulate and you have to start them at 18 because if he's doing well i prefer a 30 year old that does that you wouldn't find it and you wouldn't have those women subscribing to that. So that's, that's my gripe. Well, everybody, that's beautiful. Thank you. We made it. We did. We made it it through all of the, all of the technical difficulties. We're here sweating, dude. I was just about to say that like shouts to you guys for doing the 12 hours because if I were in here for this long, I am, my well, whole body is sweating. Well, I'm not camera lying. overheated. 
Yeah. That's yeah. what happened to that. So yeah. well, I, I damn near had a heat stroke. <laughs> so I uh, well, I looked at you once, Chan, and I hope we get it on film, but I shit you not drip from here to here. I watched it. Oh yeah, dude. I don't know how I have it left and my body adapted. Like I'm not sweating anymore, but like my hands are, are sweaty, my, my knees are weak, my arms are heavy. Um <laughs> and I was sweating like a motherfucker. But this is the last thing I'll say about Andrew Tate. Andrew Tate no matter what anyone thinks about you, I do believe that you are the Christ of celebrity boxing. The only thing I want to see right now is Jake Paul versus the four-time kickboxing champion of the world, Andrew Tate. I think that is the match that needs to motherfucking happen. So make it happen. Thank you so much, everyone, for watching. Join us next week where we start our new series called Bible Secrets, where Cougar and I dive all into the history of translations interpretations um and all the good stuff that you may or may know not know about that good book that everyone speaks about so Woo. thank you so much jenna thank you for being on this podcast thanks for having me thanks peeps. for everything you've done in for my own years. house <laughs> thank you yeah uh and coog thank you so much for always helping out as well being love you gang- bro being a gangster love you too man top g over here <laughs> Mid- love you all <laughs> mid g right here <laughs> mid g oh lord good job I've been alive